0: This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Amazing
1: people that aren't us.
0: Hopeland, you may remember way back in March of 2018, Hopeland rallied together to sponsor an entire village that was trapped in poverty through compassion. It was an incredible experience. And we here got to see how our Sydney community could partner with another community Mm. in Masbate in the Philippines. Right, Sammy? That's right. Absolutely extraordinary to see how two communities could come together, united by Jesus, for one purpose, even though we've never met the people in that particular village. Hmm. Well, today, I'd like to take a moment to introduce you to Michelle. Now, Michelle is not from Masbate. She is from Manila in the Philippines, brought up in poverty, and she has an absolutely incredible story to share with you. She joins us here today. Good morning,
1: Michelle.
2: Magandang umaga sa inyong lahat. That's good morning. In oh. my native language, Filipino.
1: I have, we were over there and we never learned that.
2: Yes. So you can say magandang umaga.
1: Umaga. Umaga.
2: Umaga. That's morning. That
1: works?
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: Great. <laughs> oh, excellent.
0: Uh, jolly yeah. bean umaga? <laughs> Does that mean jolly bee for breakfast? <laughs> Can be. <Okay>. Can
2: be. <laughs> we
1: enjoyed Jolly Jollibee very much.
2: Okay. Well, every child... It's their dream to meet Jollibee.
1: Oh, the actual really? Jollibee. <laughs> yes. We made, we made a very plastic one outside the restaurant <laughs> in Masbate. Um, but,
2: but I'm sending you greetings uh, all the way from the Philippines, and I'm glad to be here today.
1: Fantastic. Now, um, what brings you to Australia? What You're, you're here with uh, as a guest of Compassion.
2: Yes. Uh, I was uh, helping out with uh, advocating for children at risk uh, so that we can help more uh, kids to be sponsored. Through compassion.
0: Okay, let's step through your story Mm -hmm. because I think you've got a rather incredible story. So as a child, you are in Manila. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: What kind of environment did you grow up in?
2: Well, I grew up in one of the biggest slums in Metro Manila, Philippines. And this community are known for two things, drug trafficking and prostitution. Uh, Boys as early as 10 or 11 are already trafficking drugs. And girls as early as 9 or 10 are already involved in street prostitution. And the reason why a lot of uh, kids are doing that In these kinds of communities That they want to help their family Because there's a lot of poverty In in those areas Mm. So that's the community where I grew up in And I remember as a child We have to share one egg for dinner I have two brothers and Because both of my parents during that time Doesn't have a job so we have to live with um, with that kind of life and also we don't have a house of our own so we have to live with 17 of our other relatives in a very small uh, shanty owned by my grandmother and that's, uh, that's my life as a child. But I think physical poverty is hard for children. But I think what's uh, harder is also emotional poverty. I remember as a child, uh, my... My father gave into drug addiction and left us. Mm. And that really um, had a big um, impact in my life, negatively. Mm. You know, as a child, I felt that God is far away from me, that God is not loving, that my life is hopeless, and I have no future. So that's uh, what poverty do to children.
0: When you say the term shanty, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of pick a, picture kind of like a, a wood shack, Yes. A, maybe about the size of this room. Yes, so kind of, tin roof. Yeah, tin yeah, roof. Yeah, tin roofs. Is that what you're describing you were mm-hmm. living in?
2: Yes, uh, as a child because we don't have a house of our own.
0: How many people are around you in a, in a shanty town like that?
2: Oh, there's a lot. I think in, in that community there would be about 200,000 people. Wow. And, and now in the world, Manila is the densest city in the world right now.
1: You you mm-hmm. shared some of the challenges that you had growing up mm-hmm. in, in these kind of conditions. Do you think in the time that it's been since you've grown up, things have got worse for kids?
2: I think it's, yes, it's gotten worse for kids. And um, and that's primarily the reason why I'm also doing what I'm doing now mm. is to help more children and um, allow them to see that there's more to life than poverty, than abuse, exploitation. But th-
0: I would imagine, as you take that kind of emotional poverty and mm-hmm. economic poverty, and you're in that moment, mm-hmm. it must be very hard to see a way out because this is a generational thing, right? I mean, yes. you, you've got you've got family members in there with you. This is what your dad knows. This is what your dad's dad knows. I mean, how do you how do you dream when you know that this has been a generational thing?
2: It is really hard to dream for a child who is in poverty because poverty tells you you are nothing, you are hopeless, and you have no future. Mm. So it's really hard unless somebody shows you a different way.
1: Mm. And, and I guess uh, you, growing up, you got to go along to a church that had a compassion program running. Yes. So what was it like for you as a kid growing up with a church like that?
2: Well, I remember uh, I was six years old during that time. And the first Christian in my family who met a missionary who goes to this church, I was my aunt. Mm. And during that time, the missionary encouraged my aunt to enroll me to enroll me to the Compassion Project because they knew that that might help me and my family. And so at the age of six, I got registered in the Compassion Program. And I remember I got my first Bible there, you know, Uh. written in my language. And then I learned how to pray. And they were really kind to us. And they uh, allowed me to go to school. The, The church has its own school. So because of their help, I really had a good relationship with the Lord. So they introduced me uh, to Jesus Christ. And I think the most important part of that is having a compassion sponsor. So I was sponsored uh, during that time. And for many years, uh, we wrote letters back and forth. And yes. that has been a big encouragement for me because I remember my compassion sponsor will, you know, give me Bible verses. And that has been. Um, just a big uh, encouragement in my heart that the reality of your story is usually not based on the circumstances around you, but it's based on the truth of the Word of God.
0: I want to pick up on two things. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the first one I want to talk about is that, da- that first day you found out you had a compassion sponsor, and then the second thing is the significance of the mm-hmm. letters. So let's talk. You walk into that church, mm-hmm. and for the first time they say to you, Michelle, you got a you got a sponsor. What happens in that moment? How are you feeling?
2: I'm really excited because there would be somebody that you will be connected with. Mm. Of course, during that time, you don't know how big of an impact is that, but just for you to know that you will have a new friend, <laughs> you know, aside from 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 the people mm. that you have in your community, I think that's that's big. And then uh just having that thought that Wow, there are people who really cares for me. This that doesn't even know me or have not seen me in person. So I think that's uh, that's powerful.
0: And but, can I ask the second thing, which is we had this we had this debate in house cuz we've got compassion children ourselves. Mm-hmm. I've been part of the network for, you know, over a decade now and I th- I think to myself one of the hardest things is is to regularly write a letter because mm-hmm. they, we, they, we feel a sense of disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. And do they get there? Do you receive them? You're saying that th- this, this was yes. actually a really important connection point for you.
2: It is important and children receive it and children love it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then if they receive uh, pictures on top of that from their compassion sponsor, I think it's it's really something that we treasure as compassion children.
1: Incredible. That's awesome. Uh, You went on, um, so you went through the program and you actually went on to study.
2: Yes. uh, So because of the uh, Compassion's commitment for us to grow holistically, you know, they did not just talk to us about Jesus But they also help us go to school. Hmm. So I was able to go to school and uh, finish a degree in communication arts in the Philippines through the help of uh, the Leadership Development Program of Compassion. And aside from that, uh, we were trained to become servant leaders so that in turn, we can also serve our own communities.
1: Hmm. And that's what you're doing right now. Yes. Um, Let's talk about uh, Made in Hope. Mm -hmm. I love that this radio session is called Hope. Yes. And (laughs) and you picked up on that as well, Made in Hope, because the work that you're doing now sounds just so important and so incredible. Can you tell us what you're doing?
2: Yeah. So in 2011, I felt um, the Lord challenging me and inviting me to this new adventure of fighting for and speaking up for exploited women and children who are victims of trafficking and uh, prostitution. And so we started this uh, organization called Made in Hope with the vision of um, um, crafting a future and giving hope to exploited women and children in the Philippines. Because if you are not familiar with it, they said that 25% of global human trafficking involves Filipinos. That means for every four human trafficked across the globe – one of them is Filipinos. Mm. And out of the 1.2 million children who are victims of trafficking, 100,000 are Filipinos. So that means out of 10 children who are sold into slavery worldwide, 100,000 are you know Filipino children. So that's one in 10 um, children who are Filipinos who are sold into slavery. And so that's... Um, one Filipino child every 12 minutes. Mm. How,
0: what does that look like to liberate those kids? Because, Michelle, I'm looking at you, and in mm-hmm. fairness, you're not particularly tall and you're not terribly imposing. <laughs> And I can't really see you kicking indoors <laughs> to brothels and beating up bouncers and rescuing children, unless you've got a cape under your outfit. <laughs> I mean, how
2: does that play out for mm-hmm. you? Well, as as a ministry, what we do is we try to empower the women that we're working with. But the beginning of that is really about befriending them. Mm. You know, it's um, some of them uh, have chosen this life because they have no other choices. So some of them are in prostitution. So what we do is we visit them in the bars and in the streets where they are and allow the love of Jesus to flow through us. Mm. So that means talking to them, uh, being friends with them, inviting them to be part of our community, eating with them. And so that's how we do rescue (laughs) because I cannot, you know, crack into a brothel's uh, place and, you know, and then rescue them. But I think for us, what it means to rescue is for them to understand that Jesus really loves them and that there are people who are willing to come alongside them so that they can walk out of that place and, you know, have a healing relationship with Jesus.
0: It must be extraordinary to to be able to share the message that you are a child deeply loved by the most high king mm-hmm. if you've never
2: heard that before. Yes. And if you have never felt that. So it Yeah. For for us, what it means to be with them is for us to be there and sometimes not saying anything, but just walking alongside them.
1: Amazing. Uh, um there's other work that you do as well mm-hmm. on radio. Yes. <laughs> um because you're using the radio medium to to share the gospel to those who you may not come in contact with. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about what you're doing there?
2: So uh in that's during 2014 that um the radio station Far East Broadcasting Company in the Philippines offered us a segment mm. that we can produce a radio show for kids. Mm. So we have um, said yes <laughs> to that invitation and we started uh, making this a uh, radio show called Okido the 414 Kid Show believing that uh, the most transformational years in the person's life is between the age of 4 to 14 because most of the Christians nowadays uh, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ when they are 4 to 14 years old. Mm. And so we want to be that voice, that um, way for for us to transform a generation. And so we have started this in 2014, and now uh, we are doing it with children. So it's a radio show for kids made by kids. Mm. So it's not just me, actually, who's doing it. <laughs> wow. It's thinking that children has a voice and that they can be partners in global missions, that nice. they are co-laborers in God's mission as early as seven years old, eight years old, because their voices can be heard. And we, th- when we think about uh, different stories in the Bible, there are children who are used by God at a very young age for... You know, For them to fully engage in the world during that time So that's what we're trying to do in this uh, radio show And we have been blessed because for the past six years It has been nominated as Best Children's Radio Program Of the Broadcasters Association of wow. the Philippines wow. And it has won two Golden Dove Awards Best Children's Radio Program in 2015 and 2018 That's amazing! Yeah <laughs> Extraordinary <laughs> yeah.
1: People listening uh, now are probably aware of Compassion, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe are sponsors like Mm -hmm. we are. Um, You have been that person on the other side of that Mm -hmm. receiving and your life has been changed and you are now changing other people's lives.
2: It was totally changed. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. So how would you encourage our listeners to get on board and sponsor a child?
2: I think we have to think of what we have now in our hands. Sponsoring a child is not much... Honestly, because I myself is also a sponsor. I'm sponsoring a child now who's now 20 years old. Uh, <laughs> I started sponsoring him when he was six years old. Wow. Yeah, and he's from the Philippines. And and I want to encourage everyone that we should invest in the life of a child, whether it's our own children mm-hmm. or the children in our community or a child in another side of the world. It's really worth it to invest in the next generation.
0: Huh. I heard a, a a saying talking about parents um, recently and they said just about every single per every single parent wants to help open doors for their children mm-hmm. and I get a sense when you're talking about emotional poverty and economic poverty a lot of those doors are just shut and so part of what you can do when you partner up with a kid is you you as a kind of uh, indirectly parent, kind of open those doors for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And suddenly you see the possibilities. Yes. Is that right?
2: Yes, that's right. And also I think we have to think uh, from the lens of we are a family of God. So that means these children are our children too. Mm. Mm. So it's not just the children that I have or the children in my community, but all children are our children because we're a family of God. And in one way or another, we are responsible for them.
1: Hmm. What's As you tour around Australia, how long are you here in Australia for?
2: Until Sunday.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and what's been the response as you've kind of visited churches and, and, and talked about the work of compassion?
2: It has been uh, really good, and I felt that people were will respond to what uh, what's happening in the world if they will know it mm-hmm. and if they will know who to trust. And I felt that um, with what we are doing here now, we're saying it and we're telling them that there is an organization that you can trust.
0: Love it. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us thank you. today. I, I will have to ask you, though, as you know, a two-time Golden Dove winning <laughs> broadcaster, um, our ne- next song is uh, Phil Wickham, Till I Found You. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to throw to that song for us? You know, as you say, Sam and Duncan and Michelle on Hope 103.2, here's Phil Wickham, Till I Found You.
2: Okay, magandang umaga sa inyong lahat. I would like to introduce you to this song uh, by Phil Wickham, Till I Found You.
1: Very good. That was really good. That was excellent. so good. Um, you can get a job here anytime you like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or you can come to the Philippines. Oh, that's
1: good. not very good with my Filipino language. Yeah. That
0: not be a problem. We basically do a children's show here, but the adults keep tuning in.
2: That's problem.
0: Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.